really the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Okay, good morning everybody. Uh, or afternoon or evening, depending on what time you're listening. Yeah, what time you're <laughs> I'm Dr. Natalie Keith at Northside Veterinary Hospital. This is Vet Tales. And I'm Dr. Mariah Goodall. Yep. And today we're talking about women in veterinary medicine. Yes. Um, our content organizer, uh, <laughs> Bethany, a.k.a. our office manager, she uh, was informing us that it's National Women's Equality Day, August 26th. And so... Uh, the AVMA um, is recommending we talk about women in veterinary medicine. Okay. It's well, a broad topic. It is a broad topic. Like, yeah, it's like, where do we start? Um, yeah. There's a lot of women in veterinary medicine these days. These days there are, yeah. Yeah, it didn't used to be the case. Um, I actually, I did some fun fact checking on uh, the history of women in veterinary medicine. Apparently 1903 was the very first woman to be a veterinarian. Her name was, I think, Mignon Nicholson. Mignon? Mignon. I think. M-I-G-N-O-N. I know that. You're reconsidering Madeline's name now, aren't you? I mean, it's very unique. I do appreciate a good unique uh -huh. name. Yeah. So. I feel like that's earlier than I was expecting, actually. Yeah, I agree. And I also was like, wait, when was the very first veterinarian veterinarian? But I don't know. I didn't look into that. I may have to research that at some point. Yeah, for sure. I would look on my phone now, but it's busy doing Facebook. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it, but there's nothing known about her career, though. Um, so then it kind of like, there's not really much happening. A couple women here and there. Like there was these two girls, uh, women, that became veterinarians in the same graduating year. And it was super crazy because they decided to go in what was called companion animal medicine. I know. <laughs> Wild. What a novel idea. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was all food animal back mm -hmm. then. Livestock. That's what veterinarians were originally mm -hmm. meant to do was herd health. Yeah. Horses, cows. Cattle. Pigs. Yep. Sheep. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, if you even if you look at, like, our oath and everything, it, it talks about the food chain and, yeah. um, you know, protecting human health, which we still do with companion animals. But, yeah, definitely when our industry was starting, it was so food-driven. It really was, yeah. Um, so... Anyway, so then by 1938, there was there were a whopping 21 women veterinarians. That's like 35 years. We didn't get very far. No, we didn't, did we? We didn't. And then in 57, which is another like 20 years later, essentially, was the first equine female veterinarian. Mm -hmm. Female equine veterinarian. That's probably better. Probably better. But yeah. that seems... I don't know. That seems about right. Yeah. You know, like with where women were in the 50s and you know even equine being its own specialty was probably a bit unique for yeah a while. yeah as a specialty for sure for sure I mean the horses were obviously really important, important. like yeah. you know there was the horse and the model t uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> right yeah for a while there yeah but, um I mean I guess that kind of you know if you go back to our very first podcast, we talked about how I kind of wanted to be an equine veterinarian, yeah. but I remember speaking with equine male equine veterinarians, and they were like, 
you're going to struggle in this industry Uh if this is what you want to do. Yes. Um, Not only, I mean, not only because of your size, you know, physically. Yeah. Although, you know, I can throw a horse down. Yeah. Yeah, That makes one of (laughs) us. But, um, but just, you know, dealing with men. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, so similar, like I was going to go into equine theorio, which is reproduction for Mm -hmm. those of you who don't know what theoriogenology means. And, um, it was in my, my interview at that school. And they said, what do you think one of the biggest challenges you'll meet as, um, you know, in this equine theriogenology uh, route? And I, I don't know that I knew it on a, on a heart level, mm-hmm. but my head knew that I was supposed to say being a woman. And they all nodded emphatically. <laughs> yes, 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 child, you have answered correctly. <laughs> and so, like, and that's in, that was in 2010. But then, yeah, sure enough, like, I, like, so I ended up, the one thing I didn't want to do was be in mixed animal practice. So I graduated uh, vet school and went straight into mixed animal practice. <laughs> as one does. I mean, I do think that as one does, yeah. Yeah. As you're figuring was, out. I mean, I grew up on a farm. So it's like, I actually, you know, I originally did. I wanted to do large animal. And I did a preceptor, actually, at a, a strictly large animal place uh, in Newcastle. And they did a lot of, like, um, bucking stock and show mm-hmm. cattle and so like animals that people were willing to treat individually yeah and um like the second time I launched myself over a fence panel from a <laughs> hot pursuit of a buck and bull I thought actually no right <laughs> but anyway I, I got out into into my first year of practice and yeah that like I'd get emergency calls and they and I it'd be my rotation and they'd be like well we're not comfortable with you seeing our animals so can you get one of the male veterinarians mm-hmm. which they didn't say one of the male veterinarians they said one of the other two guys because there was two men and me and they just like wanted anyone but me yeah <laughs> so anyway because you couldn't possibly know what you're I couldn't about. possibly know and so anyway yeah it was definitely frustrating but all that to be said um, we'll circle back on like the evolution of veterinary medicine in a, in a whole, but yeah, it's definitely a real thing. Um, so 57, we have our first female vet, 1970, at that point, 89% of graduates were still, still male. Um, and there was like this equality act. I know, right? It's crazy to think about, but, uh, there was this equality act that was happening in the background, like just not in veterinary medicine, but like as a whole, mm-hmm. that was going on. But there was these, there were these fears among all professions, really, that women would get their degrees, and like work a couple years and then retire mm-hmm. and have families, have family. which is a realistic concern when you can only put so many people through school. So, and 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 I don't think that they were necessarily that wrong. But it's just we are creative in the sense that we were able to mold our careers to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my college advisor actually sat me down when I went into pre, pre-vet, and he says to me, um, I think you need to reconsider. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, I just don't. I know a couple of female veterinarians, and they had to basically choose between their career and a family, and I just don't think you should pursue going into vet med. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I sat there, like, in kind of 
shock, and mm-hmm. I, I'm a relatively stubborn individual, and so I you don't say. I I I do. I do <laughs> say. I admit it, and uh, thank goodness because it gets me through some things. But um, you got to be a little bit. You have to be a little bit stubborn, and so I just remember like basically nodding in a, like in under like understanding what he was saying and appreciating his concern and then being like pretty angry <laughs> for a few weeks at yeah. him but he did have he had he had my best interest at heart like he meant well but um but yeah and, and I've thought about that conversation many times as I have tried to readjust and regroup and struggle through that process of being a working mom um and, and I, I think like you know there's so just or as a female in this industry and like what are we expected to do as as females as gender roles go and all these weird things that we have decided are normal um but yeah i just i think how many other women could have been veterinarians or were going to be and then were shut down because he said that's going to be hard right of course it's going to be hard what isn't hard (laughs) that's worth doing Uh but anyway so yeah so yeah it's and that was yeah again in 2000 at that point in that wild, yeah, like, 21st century, and we're still, I mean, you know, we're 23 years into it, and we're still having conversations about how women can have a family and a career. Yeah. Not even just this industry, but specifically this industry, yeah. too. Yeah, but it's just, it, you know, so much is, is changing. Like, Christina was talking about, Christina's one of our, um, she's our technical manager here. She said she was at the school, I don't remember if she said drop-off or pickup line, and she said it was crazy because, like, you know, like 70% of the people getting out with the kids were the men and the family. It's just like things can be so much more flexible mm-hmm. than we ever, like just because we said we had to do it away, like that doesn't make it true. Yeah. Anyway, just interesting. That is interesting. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's not that it's easy for sure. So that was going on in the 70s as they were like struggling to figure out how they were going to fill these very finite amount of spots with people they were afraid that, that may evacuate the career Mm -hmm. but that isn't what happened um to some degree it did but like in a flexible functional way so then by 2005 45 percent of the graduating class were women Mm -hmm. so that's a pretty big (laughs) jump in 30 years yeah and then uh, yeah it just gets (laughs) yeah it just gets yeah so then in five more years so that's 2005 45 percent of the women uh, of graduates were women in 2010, 75% were female. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, today, like you're entering classes are well over 80% female. How many How many boys did you have in your class? Um, I want to say we were probably 75, 25% yeah. here and there. Yeah. We lost. You're right. I think we lost, like, of the people that, that we lost. So, so every class as they advance through the years loses some people just because of the intensity or it wasn't what they expected um life changes yeah life changes and I think it was probably more like 50 50 percent of what we lost though so our starting class was much more um male there were there was a much higher male percentage starting than what graduated with us that makes sense um 
you know, you kind of think, you know, when you think about what people present as the challenges for women, uh, you know, because we're, we're more emotional, and so it's going to be harder for us to get, to get through the hard stuff, and um, we want to start families, and all of these things, and then for, for the men to drop out at a higher rate, I don't know, that's interesting. I never thought about that, but... I mean, I think it could get really touchy really quickly, you know, um, but whatever, we're here, I guess. (laughs) You know, I think, like, one of the articles I was reading was talking about how they are still really seeking diversity in everything. We always, I think, should be. Mm -hmm. And so if you're having 80% of, let's just say, 80% of the applicants are female and only 20% are male, but they're wanting 50% of the class to be men, you know, to create this diversity and this equality, then if I were going to just, like, theorize in a very scary way, I might say that maybe there were stricter criteria for the women than the men as Mm -hmm. far as trying to create this diversity goes. And so maybe some of the men that get in weren't as ready as they thought they were or weren't as dedicated to it as they thought they were I don't know yeah I don't know I think that would probably be you know as we swing so far female we're probably going to start looking at why aren't men coming into the because you know they are yeah they yeah it's there was a there was a another paper I was reading um, there's some crash course studying last <laughs> night. Dr. <laughs> Keith did all the prep work for this. <laughs> to be fair, I had more warning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, there was, a, so again, it can get really touchy, but like essentially they were like, okay, well, for one, the industry is being perceived more as this soft, squishy, fluffy kitten puppy land. Mm. And so like, just like the nursing field has historically been wildly dominated by the female population and we're now starting to see this sort of image of veterinarians being portrayed as this woman Mm -hmm. and so unless they want to go into large animal which is a whole nother problem so like one of the questions I was asking myself this morning and I I didn't really get to an answer on it but it right now let's say there's 6,000 men no wrong 6,000 but look at me (laughs) doing the thing we're all doing in our heads 6,000 large animal veterinarians Uh in the United States so my question would be if that's only 5% of veterinarians now how many and and like let's say 40 years ago or 50 years ago veterinary medicine was largely dominated by large animal medicine were there still only 6,000 like veterinarians you know what I mean like on a percentage base like maybe the world only needs you know six to ten thousand large animal veterinarians Mm -hmm. and that's the the pull for a lot of the men in the field now that being said you know we have two men on our team and they're both doing mostly exclusively small animal stuff Mm -hmm. so I don't know I don't know. Um, I think that is an, an interesting idea uh, on the large animal side. Like, do we only need that much? Because really, I mean, I'm sure our, our ag industry is, has grown to some extent, but when it comes to opportunities in vet med, right. it's the companion animals that are blown open. You know, when I was when I was a kid, and I'm sure when you were a kid, a dog was a dog. Yeah. Like, they were great to have. They were yeah. beloved pets. And now a dog is family member. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what we're asking of veterinary teams when it comes to our family members is different than what it was 20, 30, 50 years ago. Yeah. Well, and then you have to think about, okay, so 
what does that mean economically? Mm-hmm. So, like, when I was, like I said, I grew up on a farm. Um, my mom really wanted me at the time to come back home to the farm and be a veterinarian there. And I was like, Mom, I can't pay my student loans there. Mm-hmm. You know, this, the price, like, I remember the veterinarian that I worked for growing up. He said he paid $600 a semester. I know. Oh, gosh. I wish y'all could have seen her face when I said that out loud. <laughs> her eyes shot open like saucers. What? <laughs> oh, God. That's the dream. <laughs> I know. Yeah, when the average veterinary student is graduating with over $150,000 of student loan debt, if they're in state. Mm-hmm. If they're out of state, just forget it. It's probably closer to $300,000. Well, and that's if they have someone who's supporting their living costs and they're just playing, paying tuition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're... I was crazy and I did a master's at the same time. So I was taking 29 credit hours. But even your standard vet student is taking 20 credit hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A semester. Well, yeah. And the, the amount of studying that went in, like, I remember my day basically, like, get up, drink coffee go to class, get done with class, come home, sit at the desk at your house, and study till it was bedtime, mm-hmm. and then repeat. Mm-hmm. Like, I had this window. My husband was training horses at the barn, and, like, I could see at the window him on the horses out, you know, doing his <laughs> thing in the round pen as I'm just studying. And, like, that's my, my most vivid memory of that school is that we're sitting at a table in the old phys lab with uh-huh. my, like, core study group. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, it's, it's completely time-consuming. I mean, you lived and breathed school. Uh-huh. And then yeah. even home was just somewhere you slept. Or, yeah, you had an office or yeah. study area in your home. Yeah. And that's the spot you spent all your time at. Uh-huh. I would, um, when Parker, my husband, um, for a couple of years, he lived in Dallas while I was in vet school. So I was home alone. And I would actually meal prep and freeze yeah. all of my dinners for the semester. That was so clever. that I didn't have to cook while I was home alone. I have no memories of eating. <laughs> <laughs> I think my husband is naturally more of the cook in our family, uh-huh. so maybe he was, like, doing that. <laughs> I just don't remember. I know I remember never eating at the table. Like, I only ate at my desk yeah. while I was studying. Anyway. <laughs> Off topic. <laughs> yeah, but it's real life. I mean, it that's is. what it was like. Um, you know, so yeah, so it's it's definitely, I guess, what do you feel like, let me ask this question differently. Do you feel like your career as a veterinarian is different because you're a woman versus being a man? Um, I think that depends on what perspective we're kind of taking. Like, I think... As far as within the industry, the respective staff, other veterinarians, no, because they're so used now to dealing with women. Yeah. Um, I do, f- and a lot of our clients are want a woman veterinarian for their companion animals. Because um, we're perceived as being more compassionate, compassionate uh-huh. gentle. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then there are some who uh, just have this internal bias that I have. I have to work harder to earn their trust. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes that's because I'm a woman. Yeah. I think, yes, I you know, and that could be a client that's man or woman that mm-hmm. can have that internal bias and, and probably not even really, like, be aware that they yeah, have it. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't think most of them are ill-intentioned. It's just, you know, most of them are 
an older generation, uh-huh. um, and so they grew up with their authority figures being men. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean, and it's I have like jokingly, not jokingly, but like seriously in a joking way because that's how I deal with stress. <laughs> it's you know I'll I'll have a client that I just realize is not going to perceive me as a doctor, honestly, yeah. and, and and I'll have to go get Dr. Trussell and be like, hey, I don't I don't think I have the right chromosomes for this <laughs> particular situation. Yep. Can you help? And then he'll just, like, go say the things, and they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. And you're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but most importantly, you know, at that point, at least we're getting what the pet needs yeah. done, and so it's mm-hmm. handy. It is handy sometimes. And then, like, with our technician staff, they're well over 90% female, and so we have male applicants. We're excited. Yeah. Because it does create diversity. Mm-hmm. And also, men are generally stronger and or taller. Not always, mm-hmm. but oh, like sometimes. And it's like it's nice to have someone who can help with those those bigger dogs yeah. and reach the things on the tall shelf without this. Sometimes just having a different perspective, a different way of looking at things, yeah. which we all you know we all do in, inherently, even from like woman to woman. But you th- bring a male in, and diversity is always good. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and, like, even pets sometimes will relate better mm-hmm. to a, a female or a male. Oh, yeah. My husband's dog adores men. Yeah. Women, she looks at, like, mm. Like, no. <laughs> but if you want her to fall in love with someone, you give her yeah. a man. Yeah, and we'll have we'll have pet alerts on there. Mm-hmm. Like, prefers men, prefers women, you know. Um, and it's not every pet's not like that. Right. But, like, some of your ones that have more anxiety and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, diversity is, is really something we, we seek. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, um, I, you know, I I think that um, it's going to be something that we continue to see in terms of a, a highly women-dominated field because of the way that we have grown into small animal medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know that it's ever going to go back. Yeah, I, I don't think so. You know, I think I was reading something about how um, one of the northern countries, Switzerland or something like that, uh, you know, they had really completely leveled the playing field for for all of their industries as much as possible. And you still see women going into areas where they care for other people and men going into th- areas where they built things. Where they do things. Yeah. yeah, like with their hands. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, you know, you can try and bring men in but and they're going to be drawn like dr trussell of surgery they're going to be drawn to doing things like that where they're doing things with their hands and so when so much of what we do is is internal medicine and is caring and compassion uh, and a lot of our job is talking to people (laughs) (laughs) and what they don't tell you before you get in this industry yes you better love people just as much as you love animals yes absolutely Um, then yeah I, i don't think it's going to draw men in yep i agree yeah and men definitely like the veterinarians that you still see in the industry are largely going to be surgeons or large animal Mm -hmm. doctors now dr dame who's the newest uh addition to our doctor team here at Northside, is actually i mean it's a he is a you know a male doctor and he does internal medicine Mm -hmm. and he is a really great communicator but um i don't think he's like 
the common scenario that you see. Yeah, I think he's kind of the exception to a lot of the rules. Yeah. Um, Which we're really lucky. Oh, man, we're so lucky. (laughs) We're so so excited. Plus, he's like, he's a local. So, you know, he grew up here, Mm -hmm. and so he's just right at home. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. It's great. Yep. He even liked the podcast. He did uh, Blindness with me, and... um, he was just really into it. He like he drew he drew out his little a vision pathway thing. Um, but anyway, so yeah, exciting. he he really liked it. So, where as Dr. Trussell is not a talker. No, no. <laughs> you had to have a lot of patience. Yeah, his calm lag is a bit uh-huh. lengthy. <laughs> yeah, but you know what he's about to say is going to be worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. You just gotta get there. Yeah, you got to be quiet long enough yeah. to hear it. And phrase the correct question. Yeah. I made that mistake yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, it was the night before. I was asking him if he would do a surgery on a dog for me. And I said, when do you want to do it? Oh, yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong, wrong question. Wrong question. So I had to rephrase my question. Yes. Yes. After we went through the whole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the process. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think um, I think it's wonderful that we have all these career opportunities for women. And I think that the, the industry itself is so much more flexible because that we have decided to make it so. Like we just went to 312s mm-hmm. um, as an option for our staff where they can work three 12-hour days a week. Instead, so you're getting 36 hours instead of like four tens. Some of them chose to stay with the four tens, And we're creating a lot of that flexibility for just personal preference on work-life balance, but also for childcare and mm-hmm. and things like that. So we can kind of plug people in with what works with their real life. And and I think ultimately, like being forced into that position of we've got to figure this out is, is a really wonderful way for creativity and thoughtfulness to take place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to ask the question, like, how can we make this better? Uh-huh. Always. 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 We are always working on that. So. Yeah. Anyway, okay, well, that's all I got. You got anything else? I don't think so. Very yeah. good. I didn't think we'd talk that long about it. Yeah. But we had a lot to say, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We've been through some stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, well, we're going to sign out, and we'll see you guys uh, next, next week, week yeah. on some other topic. Yeah. We get to be determined. Right. We, we don't know. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.